personality. Yeah. It's like boom, boom, boom. It's like one after another lately. It's awful. Because they come in threes. So it was like Hank Aaron, then Larry King, then Cloris Leachman. Right. Then Cicely Tyson, Dustin Diamond. I feel like there's somebody else in between there. Like there was just somebody yesterday that I can't remember. Hmm. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Or maybe I don't not. Know. Maybe Cicely Tyson was enough for me that I was like, oh. Yeah, that that one lasted a few days. That <laughs> that that hurt for a few days. I know. Uh, just for the love of God, keep Betty White safe. For reals, for reals. All I ask. The other day, I made my kids watch the clown funeral episode from Mary Tyler Moore show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh huh. With Chuckles the clown, and I was like, "Oh yeah, watch this. It's so funny." It is not as funny as I remember it, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like hugely funny. Like this was ridiculously funny, but then I just kept pointing out, like, "He's dead. She's dead. He's dead," and he's like, "Who's not dead?" And I was like, "Betty White," <laughs> like Ed oh, Asner, this is kind of an old show, <laughs> <laughs> like Ed Asner, and well, Ed Asner's supposed to be coming here to perform a one man show. He's supposed to come last year, but then COVID. But he's what ninety eight, and he's still touring with a one man show. That is incredible. A man and his prostate is the name of his one-man show. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So So hi, everybody. Welcome to That's So Original Podcast, the podcast that talks to you about original streaming TV series and movies. And I'm here with my friend Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. Hey. Okay. Okay. We got that out of the way. (laughs) Uh, Tweet and I have started The Haunting of Bly Manor. And we're four episodes into that, like a, a year after it came out, I don't, I don't even know at this no, point. No, it came out um, July-ish, I think. Okay, so just a half year yeah. after the fact. But I really like it, and I, I don't think it's as scary as the first one. It's uh, suspenseful, and there's a lot of things I'm like, I gotta know this, 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 and this. But I don't think it's nearly as creepy or scary as the first season. No, and I don't think it's nearly as good as the first season. I mean, if it had come out before the first season, people would be like, this is a pretty good show. But in comparison, mm-hmm. it's not. The thing that freaks me out which I can't handle is when like somebody's standing there and a shadow walks behind them or something walks right behind them or something's in the corner behind them that scares me to death (laughs) I can't handle that that's like all it is (laughs) I know I can't I can't handle that I don't know if it's just being alone and then at night I'm always like I can't look in the mirror at night because I know I'm gonna see somebody at night (laughs) behind me but that shit scares me. And my oldest the other night wanted to watch like one of those ghost adventures or something or true paranormal caught on camera or some one of those shows. And he had it on for a minute and I was like, yep, nope, can't do this at night. I'm like, we can watch it during the day. I'm not watching this at night because I just can't <laughs> handle it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we've been watching. The kids and I watch the second Star Trek, which I just love those movies so much. I think I've seen them both once, and I don't know if I paid attention either one. The kids have watched them, I know for sure. They're good. We'll watch the third one, I guess, here pretty soon. I just love Chris Pine. Mm. Like, I love him. I love him. I love him. Oh, we've been watching um, WandaVision, and oh, oh, yeah. it's getting so good. It was very confusing, but it, I mean, kind of corny, because they're doing all these, like, old style shows which my kids don't understand but are totally right in my wheelhouse but it's finally we're getting an explanation it's getting so good oh for a marvel fan it's the best and then i finished search party the season concluded i don't know if there's gonna be another season it ended very weird i don't know man so wandavision do you need to have made it through endgame to pick that up should you make it through the whole marvel 
lineup and then watch WandaVision? You should probably at least get through Infinity War because you have to have in your peripheral that Vision is dead. Spoiler alert. You have to have that going forward because it's mentioned, but it's not mentioned. I mean, it's her and Vision this happy life together, but then in your back of your mind, you're like, wait a second. He died. So what is going on here? That's kind of the whole thing of of the show is like, is this her imagination? Is this is an experiment? Is this a Hydra thing? Is what is happening? Gotcha. Okay, it's cheesy. Like the first, like I think three episodes are really no, the first two were really cheesy, and then it got so good. Oh, and my oldest is like huge Marvel mega fan, so he has all the Easter eggs picked out before anybody could even say anything. He's like, "Oh, this means this. This means this," and I was like, "Okay, cool." Well, we're up to Infinity War, so... There you go. We'll just finish out the Star Trek, and then we'll watch that, and then maybe we'll scoot on over to WandaVision. Yeah, and it's and there's nothing that's been, like, kid-inappropriate. It's actually... I mean, this last one was really funny. Had a lot of funny points. And they've brought back a bunch of characters that we haven't seen since their, like, original movies, which is fun. So, yeah. Well, yay. That sounds great. Okay, well, um, then let's get into this so we can finish this. And yes, yes. <laughs> so we are talking today about Bridgerton, episode three, and the title of this episode is Art of the Swoon. Uh, I'll start us off. Yeah, I think it's um, your turn. I think so. So we hear some gentle music and we see some couples dancing on a dance floor. And one of these couples is Daphne and Simon. And he grabs her hand, and then she's wearing this long white glove that goes above her elbow, and he just kind of pulls it off in this one long fluid motion, and I got the shivers, and I don't know why. I was just like, and then he takes his hand, and he runs it down her bare arm, and then up her back to her neck, and I was like, whoa, okay. This got very steamy all of a sudden. Here we are. And suddenly they're the only ones on the dance floor, and then they almost kiss, and yeah, it's just a dream, of course. And Daphne wakes up, like, totally out of breath, looking very conflicted and confused, but also like, "Ah, I don't know, I kind of like that. (laughs) So we're seeing scenes now along the promenade, the place to be, and around town, we're hearing Lady Whistledown, and she is talking about how Daphne has rejected three proposals this week. I was like, wow, busy week. And some people think she's just being very thoughtful about her future, but I, speaking as Whistledown, think it's because she is still waiting on the only suitor of note. And of course, she's talking about the Duke, and we see them together at a little table in a cafe, and everybody's watching them, and Daphne is watching Simon lick the spoon in like (laughs) slow motion and never wishing she was a utensil more than at this moment. I was laughing because, like, he's eating ice cream, and I was thinking, I personally think watching another person eat ice cream is disgusting. It's it disgusting. makes me gag. Yes! Oh, my God. I don't want to see your tongue looking at ice cream. That, and I was like, she, oh I was like, God. this is so gross. Ew. I am the same way. <laughs> no, there is nothing about eating that is sensual to me, but she is all about it so she says to simon so this is working great but we have to keep this up until i find my perfect match and he's totally in he's like okay she is looking at him like a little school girl and she has 100 percent fallen for him no question yeah and he's eating it up too you know he's eating oh yeah up her. he's loving it mm-hmm. you can tell <sighs> yeah 
So we're at the Feather House, and Penelope is watching out the window for the mail. And when it arrives, she scurries downstairs as fast as she can, and she searches through all the envelopes because all their mail comes on this lovely tray by a butler. So I want my mail to come like that. I rather than my kids throwing it at me when they walk in the door. But she's searching through the letters for something from Marina's boyfriend, but there isn't anything. The Feather sisters walk by at this particular point, and they're saying that a single prince is coming from London. And so that's going to be a big plot point here. We go upstairs and Penelope is telling Marina that no letter has come. So Marina throws herself on the bed because how long does it take for a letter to get here from Spain? I was like, well, in this time, like a probably I mean, it's 1813. A really long time. <laughs> yeah. And Penelope says, well, he is on the front line of a war. So like, calm down. Maybe he's on his way here to take you home or, you know, something like that. Mama Feather busts in and freaks out because Penelope is cavorting with the expectant. Like, that shit's catching. Don't you know? This is not how, this is science, people. <laughs> Makes her get out. And then Marina's telling Mama Feather, well, you know, you can't hide me away forever. I've been in here for quite some time. I'm only going to get bigger. This is kind of how this works. Mm-hmm. And Mama tells her, well, no. That's why you're going to re-enter society and find a husband. And Marina's like, uh, no, don't want one. Mm -mm." Mama tells her that she lost her choice when she got herself knocked up. So go get yourself into um, one of our ugly-ass dresses and dress (laughs) in the family colors because you're going to get married as soon as possible. So Mama's going to pass her off to some unsuspecting dum-dum because none of these people know how sex ed works. (laughs) And they will assume that this is their child. So back at the Bridgerton house, the family is gathered asking Daphne if she thought about who she's going to dance with at the ball. And Mama says, well, the Duke, like Avi. And Daphne says, well, he hasn't proposed, so I need to dance with the dudes who actually, you know, want to be with me. And Anthony agrees. Mom says, you must marry the man who feels like your dearest friend. And I was like, oh, like, it's that simple, Mom. Because our dearest friends are usually gay, so... Daphne was like, oh, okay, that simple. Great. Thank you for that. Should be no problem. (laughs) Thank you for your sage advice. So later that night, we're at another ball. These balls just keep coming. And they are crazy extravagant. Holy crap. So there's more dancing and there's a parrot for some reason. Did you notice it? Because I had this because there's peacock centerpieces and it's like and there's birds in cages. So it's like a bird themed ball. Oh shit. It's like a theme. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So the Duke walks in and he immediately approaches Daphne and she's like, ready for this? And he says, yep, I was born ready. And I'm pretty sure the string quartet in this scene is playing bad guy by the interrupters, I think is who. I have. I freaking love that song. At the ball pop song is being played but i'm too old to recognize it so it's on the umbrella academy soundtrack that's the only way i knew it season two i don't have spotify so season two some guy walks up and asks daphne for dance lord weaver is his name and the duke loudly asks do i have to share you with every moon-eyed dandy miss bridgerton and lord weaver just walks away and she's like well very well done playing the jealous suitor and the duke is so pleased with himself she goes and finds lord weaver i guess because now they're dancing and she's trying to make conversation like do you like the city or the country and he says oh i've never really thought of it and she's like well where do you want to settle and he's like "Hmm, yeah no idea it's a great question and he spins her around and now she's with the next suitor and he's basically giving her his resume and his list of assets and she's like wow that's 
great. Another spin, another suitor. This one is Lord Tompkins, and he's talking about how close he and his family are. In fact, they're so close that after he gets married, his mom's going to come and live with him and his wife. And she's like, oh, does your father know about this? And he's like, yeah, it was his idea. Because <laughs> she's awful. <laughs> and she locks eyes with Simon at this time, and, <laughs> and she's giving him a look like, nope, not this one either. We are... Uh, now with Mama B and Lady D, which is what I've called them from yeah. now on, and they're talking about what a good match Daphne and Duke are. And Mama B says, yeah, well, that's all in good, but the Duke actually needs to propose. That's kind of an important part of this whole thing. After the dance, Daphne walks over to Simon to talk about how not interested in any of these guys she was. But wait, suddenly we hear people saying, oh, your majesty, your majesty. And we see a guy walking in with the queen. And this is the Prince of Prussia. And the Featherington sisters are literally about to pounce already as soon as he's walked in. And Daphne and Simon start joking now about how all the people are fawning all over him. They don't even know him. And how oh, he's going to walk up to this girl and he's going to tell her how beautiful her gown is. And I just, they have such a cute little fun relationship. I loved this little scene. I said that they were Mystery Science Theater 3000 in the women. Yes! Oh, they so were. Yes, that's 100%. <laughs> Simon kind of walks off to the side as he sees Prince Friedrich is his name. Uh, come over and he is introduced to Daphne by the queen and she says here's the girl I was telling you about and he says oh it's such a pleasure to me your gown is exquisite and Daphne laughs and snorts because it's exactly what she and Simon were just talking about how he does with all the ladies and Simon laughs and she's like oh my god I'm so sorry she's so embarrassed the prince walks away and she and Simon smile at each other and she's like oh my god that was totally your fault and he says how was I supposed to know you'd make such an awful sound when you laugh and then she snorts again and then they laugh again and oh just another day in paradise ha ha ho ho hee hee between these two all Mm -hmm. the time so we are at Modiste which is the dressmaker's shop I don't know if they ever get the dressmaker's name they probably do but I don't know what it is she hears a noise and she assumes it's an intruder so she comes, you know, looking around, but it's actually Anthony's opera singer girlfriend, Sienna. And obviously she's she's friends with this dressmaker. And she tells Sienna, come in, you're welcome, you know, you're welcome to stay with me. You're welcome here anytime. And Sienna says, no, not to worry. I'm going to find an arrangement with another gentleman soon enough. Dressmaker says, well, hopefully someone less of an ass is your last. So, and then they're looking at one of the dresses that's on the mannequin, and it's so pretty. And she says, oh, well, this is for the snotty. Her name is Cowper, but I keep I, the rest of the planet time, I'm going to call her Cowpie. She's snotty Regina George from Mean Girls. Yeah. But, and then she says, oh, well, no matter how pretty the dress is, it won't make up for her sneer. And then she tells Sienna, you know, I could make you a dress from the same fabric. And she says, um, no, I think it'd be an odd choice of color for me. She's like, because I'm obviously very emo now. Um, I'm this <laughs> where I'm at. And she says, I am no innocent debutante. I'll find a guy who won't run home anytime his mom or sisters need him. Ooh. And I know exactly where to find such a dude. <laughs> Cut immediately to the men's game room place. I don't know what this place is. I called it Gentleman's Club. Maybe that's what it is. And they are there playing dice. And Anthony is winning, or Antony, whatever the hell his name is. And um, he's winning against the Feather Dad, who is losing and pitching off it. They're all cheaters. So Simon and Antony start chatting and say that, well, I guess they can be friends again, because Simon tells Antony, no, I would never disrespect a lady 
And I have, but I still have no intention of marrying, so no worries there. Your sister's great and all, not going to marry her. So all of a sudden the door opened and all the less innocent girls come in to the room. And immediately Anthony notices X. She's just making her way through the crowd because she's out to find herself a new sugar daddy. Of course, who does she go to first? She's got to go right up to Simon and start to flirt. You know, and he's asking her, you know, what, I've always wondered, what do you think about when you're singing an aria? And she says, well, when I sing, sometimes I think about, you know, what I haven't gotten done that day. And sometimes I think about what I'm going to do after, like, you. I'm going to do mm. you after. <laughs> She's like, so, maybe you should come listen to me tomorrow. And he's like, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. Gross. At the Bridgerton house now, in Daphne's bedroom, and she is tossing and turning in bed. And I mean, like, violently (laughs) tossing and turning in bed. She's really overselling this I can't sleep thing. She decides to get up and go downstairs and get some warm milk. Why is that a thing? I don't want a cold milk. I don't want a cold or warm milk. I don't want milk at midnight. Gross. Anthony is somehow here. He doesn't have a life. And... She asks, hey, do you want to join me? They go into the kitchen and quickly realize that neither of them knows how to light a stove burner. So cold milk it is. Daphne has a question for Anthony about the Duke. She wants to know why he is so opposed to marriage. He says, uh, well, I mean, I know why, but I can't really tell you. And she pouts a little bit and he's like okay fine I'll tell you because Anthony I guess is pushover he says he barely knew his father he never knew his mother doesn't have one sibling he grew up differently from us in 20 years that I've known him he's never mentioned family he's spent his whole life alone and prefers it that way he says sometimes you just have to accept that some people aren't meant to be together no matter how much we might wish otherwise and he is like looking longingly (laughs) to the side because he's obviously thinking about sienna yeah and daphne takes like one sip of cold milk she's like okay i'm going back to bed i'm like oh (laughs) thanks for that cured So Lady Whistledown is telling us that an appreciation of the arts is what lifts us above animals, stirs the passions, and moves the spirits. And then everyone is coming to see a new wing at Somerset House, which will be opening with several attractions on display. And Daphne, we see her, she's piddling away on the piano. And then Lady Whistledown tells us, well, it's also going to be a big thing because Miss Marina Thompson is returning to society, to the this market of women. And we get a quick little scene that at Modis at the dressmaker and she's getting Marina's measurements and she's like, oh, I must have taken the measurements wrong because Marina's getting thicker in the middle. Mama Feather says, well, you know, she likes cake, so that's mm-hmm. why. Our dressmaker is no fool. She knows exactly what's going on. She's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, I just won't say a word. <laughs> Weird. So we find out that Prince Friedrich has come to town to find a wife and he is related to... Or something to the queen in some way. So the queen is very... It's her, it's her nephew. Is it, though? I don't know. Because yep. it's Prussia. Yep. So I don't know. In the next episode, they say. Okay. So he's come to town to find a wife. And the queen is all about getting him the best of the best. But Whistledown points out that since he's from Prussia, that a language tutor has come to the Cowper's girl's house all week, you know, to get her so she can speak his language and they can converse. Yeah. <laughs> 
all of the Bridgertons are allowed at this opening. So even the little kids are here at this big art opening. I don't even know what the hell this place is. I guess it's like an art gallery. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. So Mama is walking. Mama B is walking around and she's saying to Aunt Nia, you know, there's so-and-so and she's lovely and she's got wide birthing hips. And then there's this girl over here and she's not even the least bit intelligent, but she'd make a good wife, you know. I don't know. That's how she's pointing people out. <laughs> Anthony's not interested, so she tries to grab Benedict, who's like, yeah, no, I'm out. <laughs> so she grabs Colin, who is the third best thing. So we, meanwhile, Penelope and Eloise are looking at art. It's classic art of the time, so it's naked people. And they're calling it boring, because Eloise says it's because it was done by a man who finds women as nothing more than decorative objects. And Penelope says, like human vases, because <laughs> they are just empty, pretty to mm-hmm. look at. Marina is being carted around by Mama Feather, and she's kind of mouthed to Penelope, save me, help me. <laughs> and so Mama F goes over and introduces her to the grossest old man, like, well, grossest, grossest old man. And Penelope keeps trying to interrupt, like, Mama, uh, I just need to talk to Marina for a minute. Yeah, just a minute. And Mom is not having it. And Marina is totally rude to this old man, which... She has her every right to be rude to him because he's gross. And he says, well, she's got a lovely face, but an ugly countenance. Meaning she's got a pretty face, but a shitty attitude. And, you know, nobody would want to have her. So Mama F calls P a meddlesome little wench and walks away because we are trying to get her married off. Don't you understand? This is some shit we got to get done. Meanwhile, Benedict, who is an artist of some sort, is looking at some of the art on the wall. And Lady D comes over with a man. And he's telling her, this picture is cold and lacks the subject's spirit. He's just ripping it to shred. Like, this is shitty art right here. And Lady D says, well, maybe you should ask the artist what he was thinking. And then she turns and she's like, so, Mr. Granville, what were you thinking? So the artist is right there. And Benedict is beyond appalled and embarrassed. And the guard's like, yeah, I need to go see my wife, you know, bye. So Lady D laughs and thinks it's hilarious. And Benedict calls her diabolical because... That's some low-down shit. <laughs> and he says, how could you let me rattle on like that? She says, how could I not? Yes. <laughs> he, was, he was loving it. You were digging the hole. I just gave you the yeah. shovel. That's right. The prince spots Daphne walking around and stops her to talk. He's like, oh, looks like art isn't the only beautiful thing on display today. Blech. He says he loves London and he thinks that she would love Vienna. And Daphne notices Simon walk in, and the prince notices Daphne noticing Simon. <laughs> and she's like, I'm sure there are lots of ladies waiting to see you, so I gotta go. And she curtsies, and she goes to find Simon, who is all alone in another room. Before she walks in the room, she kind of fixes her hair, makes sure she looks <laughs> nice, and asks him what he's doing hiding in there. She mentions how he's gotten glowing reviews from Whistledown, and how she's enjoying fooling whistle down because she's the only one who knows everything about everyone yet she doesn't know the little ruse that they're involved in they're also looking at a piece of art on the wall and apparently it was one of many that simon has donated to this museum and daphne notes how this one is so much different than the others and he says yeah those were my father's this one according to lady danbury was a favorite of my mother's and he says although i don't really know why And Daphne starts going on about how it reminds her of waking up in the country the first thing in the morning when she can feel like she's the only person in the world, but she doesn't feel lonely. And he's just like awestruck by her. I don't really know, but my Netflix says that light 
piano music plays as their hands move closer to each other and then they're holding hands and then all of a sudden they hear a gasp from the other room and they snatch their hands away and rush to the other room and apparently what are you calling her crescent a cow pie cow cow pie (laughs) cow pie has swooned i.e fainted and the prince caught her and she is laid out on the floor with that dramatic back of the hand against her forehead and he's fanning her and daphne and simon are whispering and snickering cressida is helped up by the prince and everyone claps and simon and daphne are dying trying to hold in their laughter so simon walks out to his coach his driver whatever they're called the driver says we need to hurry it's not really a driver because it's a it's a horse he's a coachman he's a coachman yeah okay okay he's a coachman the coachman says we need to hurry if we're going to make it to the opera and simon says nah we'll just go straight home tonight so he is gonna stand up miss sienna because he loves daphne i don't know man this scene in front of the art this one got me this was like the moment for reals i felt Mm -hmm. it like the intimacy of they were just standing there looking at art and obviously it's a piece of art that means so much to simon he has nothing of his mother so this like meant something to his mother so that's a huge thing and Daphne mm-hmm. understood it. So they like understood each other. I don't know. It was. Uh, and then when their hands are uh, touched. Oh. I know. I'm, you're giving me chills. That was good. Okay. That was a good moment. I, I, I give him that. Mm-hmm. So at the opera house, Sienna's backstage and put on her makeup. And um, she's all alone because nobody's shown up to see her. And the stage manager says, um, he's locking up. And she's in shock because there's no gentleman out there waiting for her. We're back at the Bridgerton drawing room and with a voice of everybody whistled down saying that ladies need to be gifted in several pursuits while trying to catch a suitor. Be a skilled musician, excellent conversationalist, and an expert in the art of the swoon. There you go. Being able to swoon without a petticoat out of place is a coveted talent. This is in my notes I have. Oh, Feather's mom, evil friend, is Cowpie's mom. That makes sense. <laughs> ah, <laughs> so they're just bitchies together. They're the plastics. So we cut to Cowpie and the Prince promenading while Mom is reading the Lady Whistledown paper because she's just loving the fact that Cressida is getting mentions in a paper about swooning with the Prince and the Prince Cotter. This is huge. But the Lady Whistledown says, Not everyone has fallen victim to the royal fever sweeping the town. One diamond in particular seems quite immune. Makes me wonder if the crown has lost its luster, meaning Daphne is not into the prince. We we all knew that. And the queen is reading the paper out loud to the prince like, um, hello, the diamond of the season is not interested in you. What's the problem here? The prince says, wait, does she mean the king? Where do you keep him anyway? Which made me laugh really hard. (laughs) The queen says, well, the Bridgerton girl is the most incomparable of the season, which means there is no more suitable match for you on English shores. So in other words, get your shit together and get her with a ring on her finger. And the prince is like, well, she's not right. But if this gossip page is right, her heart is already spoken for. And I was like, finally, a dude with some sense. (laughs) There's like none on this show. And the queen's like, yeah, her heart doesn't matter as long as her hand remains free. You're a prince, charm her, give her a glass slipper, slay a dragon, you useless idiot. (laughs) Get on with it already. I love that part. You're a prince, charm her. (laughs) 
So we're in the study or whatever, some room at the Bridgerton home with Benedict. And he has a sketchbook and he's sketching some, I don't know, some hands or whatever. Daphne is in the parlor just pecking at the piano keys, playing the same notes over and over again. And Eloise is like, oh, my God, enough. (laughs) And I am like, same, Eloise, please. Daphne tells her, well, maybe you should practice because you're going to have to be able to do this soon enough. And Eloise says, well, actually, if you keep playing like that, you're just going to scare everyone away anyway. Daphne says, actually, if you're going to be such a bitch, why don't you take your reading outside? And Eloise is like, oh, so reading is a bad thing. <laughs> and Daphne says, no. And Eloise says, but it won't gain me a husband. That's that's what you're saying. And it's again with this, oh, Daphne wants to fall in love. I want to educate myself. I don't care about getting married. And honestly, I'm just a little bit over Eloise and this. It's just being harped on over and 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 over we get it god sake we get it daphne just blows up at her like can you just try to see things from my perspective she doesn't sound like that because she's british but you get the idea and she's like you have no idea forget it so eloise puts her book down she's like okay daphne tell me about the song you're playing on the piano did you write it what's the name of it i'll try to act interested Daphne says, it doesn't have a name. And Eloise says, well, every song has a name. And if you're going to practice it over and over and torture us with it, you could at least come up with a name for it. And Daphne grins because I guess she's got one in mind. But we don't know what it is yet. It's probably Simon is a cutie. That's what I was going to say. My love, Simon. (laughs) Simon, my sweetheart. I just, I'm so confused. Like, was this was a requirement by dudes back then? Make sure she can keep house and play piano. Dance, monkey, dance. Like, I'm so confused. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we are obviously in the poor, shitty part of town because people are standing in puddles and sweeping mud. So we know Mm. they are poor. Uh, Oh, yeah. So here comes a coach, Mama Feather and Marina get out of the coach. And Mama's cloak is fabulous. It's this blue velvet. Ooh, it's nice. She tells Marina, well, since you don't want to listen to my instructions, this is what you, I wanted to show you your future firsthand. And Marina's like, you must be having a mistake with one of your soft-handed daughters. You think taking me to a neighborhood of good, hardworking people who just happen to be less fortunate than you may sway my mind? And mom was like, well, have you seen the children? <laughs> They're begging for food over here. <laughs> and Marina looks at them and gets like scared for a second. She's like, I think it's you who should hear me. I will not stand aside while you go forth with this miserable plan. I have a man who loves me. And mom was like, really? Where is he? <laughs> I don't see him anywhere. And she's like, well, he's at a war. God. She's like, well. I already said that. I know. She's like, does he know you're pregnant? And she's like, yep. Mm-hmm. And has he written back since you told him? Many men make declarations of love when they want to make love, but they don't tend to stick around for the consequences. And I was like, oh, Marina. So we're on the promenade again, and Mama B and Lady D are walking together, gossiping about all the people around, and Daphne and Simon are walking a few feet behind them, laughing. They're talking about the time Anthony let a farm animal into the dorm, and they're laughing, and she's like, oh my god, I can't believe Anthony did that. They never say what kind of farm animal. No, just a farm animal. I was like, pig, cow, goat, I don't know. I'm thinking goat. He says he was the one that had to help him get the thing back out. But he did it because they're friends. And Daphne says, 
Oh, that's that's funny because my mom was just talking the other day about how you should marry your best friend. And he's like, are you saying I should marry your brother? And she says, no, no, no. I'm just wondering if that's what marriage is about, friendship. And he says, well, I'm sure it's a good start. And they're standing on this little like bridge and he notices a group of guys watching Daphne. So he picks a flower for her. You know, keep up this ruse. They keep talking about what makes a marriage and... He just starts laughing because she is just so naive. And she's like, what? And he said, well, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at what little mothers tell their daughters. And she's like, okay, well, then I want you to tell me what a marriage is about. If if you were a real suitor, it would be inappropriate. But since you're not a real suitor, we're just playing, it's all good. So tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. So he goes on to try to explain sex in the most awkward way possible, in my opinion. And now he's talking about masturbation. And I'm like, this is really going off the rails here. fast. And she looks appalled. She's like, I'm sorry. Like three minutes ago, I I thought that you could be in a room with a pregnant person and catch it. He says, well, I mean, do you touch yourself? You touch yourself, right? And she's like, I'm sorry, what? She said he has Daphne's slow blinks. (laughs) Many <laughs> she's like what it's the gif of the guy blinking yeah, and, and and turning his head to size um, what and he's like you know when you're alone at night you can touch yourself like anywhere and she's like okay and he's like you know anywhere that feels good especially between your legs and she could not be more confused right now she's like between my legs huh? but she's also a little bit intrigued she's like okay we'll see where this goes he says basically when you find yourself doing something that feels good well you just keep doing that until you find release easy peasy bing bam boom masturbation in a nutshell he says so that should help you and then he walks away and he says come but it's like pointed mm-hmm. beat come oh you clever clever writers but I also said that the writers of these books get their inspiration from Fifty Shades of Grey because I know it was supposed to be sexy, but I was just like, you know, yeah, it did is, nothing for me. It fell flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Simon and Lady Danbury are in a coach now, and she whacks Simon on the leg with her cane, and she's like, "Look, is all this time you're spending with Miss Bridgerton leading anywhere?" And he kind of avoids the question. She's like, "Look, I get." wanting a long courtship but everyone knows that she's caught the eye of prince frederick so basically shit or get off the pot if you're not going to marry her and she misses her chance with him because she's all wrapped up in you she would be a fool and i would never forgive you for your carelessness and he says well she's not a fool and lady danbury says well then you are just being cruel and we both know i taught you better than that and i was like ow yeah thank god for lady d yes so it's nighttime again, and Eloise is back out on the swing, just to smoking away when Benedict joins her, because this is their thing now. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, well, I found bits of your sketchbook in the fireplace. And he's like, are you spying on me? Because that's weird. And she's like, well, you'd have to be interesting to be spied on. <laughs> um, this is so dumb. And Benedict says, well, my drawings were horrible. And she's like, well, that's why they call it a sketchbook. I write my diary, which is not as the same as writing my novel. And she said, if you're interested, you enjoy drawing, but need practice, then practice. Hire a drawing master. If you desire the moon, all you have to do is go outside and shoot at the sky. Some of us cannot, 
Look at Whistle Down. She's a great writer, but she must hide away under a false name. We get it, Eloise. You're so put upon. Yeah, I get it. You're repressed. So, <laughs> Benedict says, well, if anyone knew who Whistle Down was, she'd be strung up for what she said. And Eloise says, well, Whistle Down is a woman. Therefore, she has nothing. But still, she writes. You're a man. Therefore, you have everything. You can do whatever you want to do. Be bold. At least that way, I can live vicariously through you. He's like, wait a second. Are you Whistle Down? <laughs> Because you're a writer and you scribble away all day in your diary. You know everything, everyone else's business and I have an opinion on everything. You would have my full respect and admiration, you know, either way. And she's like, uh, no, that it's not me. Though, if it was, do you think I'd admit it? <laughs> and I was like, hmm, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, Daphne is in her bedroom and she locks the door. So we all know what's about to go down. She sits on her bed and she smells the rose that Simon picked for her just to get in the mood. <laughs> and then she starts to touch herself in like the most awkward way possible. She like touches the ribbon on her nightgown and then she touches her knee. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so weird. And she's just thinking about Simon because we all knew this was coming. She's obviously masturbating. So then we cut to Daphne playing piano and mom says, oh, how lovely you finished. And I was like, gross. <laughs> Gross. Oh, I said nice double entendre there. It was not lost on me. And then Eloise asks her, oh, it's finished. Does it have a name? And Daphne smiles. Maybe it's called Daphne Smiles because that's what she does every time anybody asks her. So Maybe it's called My First Orgasm. Oh. I don't know. I... <laughs> Sign off on that one. Okay. So cut to Diamond. Diamond. Mm. Wow. I mean... <laughs> That's their, like, Benefer, or what was the one with Brad Pitt? Bradgelina. Bradgelina. Yeah, that one. Okay, so it's Diamond. Cut to Daphne and Simon standing outside some shops in town. They're at the ice cream place. She's back there to watch him lick a spoon again. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She likes that. Mm-hmm. She walks up to him. She's like, maybe we could do something different today. I know the ice cream is great here, but he interrupts her and he says, I will not be joining you today or tomorrow or any longer. And she's like, uh, excuse me, what do you mean? And he says, isn't it obvious? You now have tons of suitors. All the mamas and daughters have been leaving me alone. So our arrangement worked, Miss Bridgerton, not Daphne, Miss Bridgerton. And this ruse needs to end. She asks why. I mean, he just, he just literally just told you. He says, <laughs> you have the attention of a prince. He's perfect for you. Your brother was right. I'm a rake. I always have been, always will be. And she says, I thought you and I were friends. And he says, we were never friends. I don't believe there could be a more ridiculous notion. It's like, oh, mm. Simon. And he never looks at her. Never looks at her once. No, he's looking straight ahead because he can't Mm -mm. look her in the eye because he knows this is all bullshit. He says, you were a convenience, a pretty diversion, but nothing more. Now that my business here is done, I'll be moving on. You should do the same. You will be very happy with your prince, Miss Bridgerton. And he walks away and she's left crying in the street. Yeah. So we see Simon barging into Lady Danbury's home and he's immediately yelling at all his servants or whoever they are that he is planning to leave England ASAP. We need to pack everything up. We're getting out of here. They're like, well, we still have some business to tend to. And he screams, I wish to leave. Chop, chop. So whatever we need to get done, figure out the fastest way to do it so we can get out of here. Cut to Daphne crying and running up the stairs in her house and into her bedroom. (laughs) Yeah, she slams the door, asks to be alone. And I was like, we all know what you're going to do, Daphne. You figure it's up yeah. now. <laughs> she is not in the mood right now. She's sad, Tiffany. Uh, okay. 
So back at the opera house, Sienna is singing. <laughs> it's so weird because no one is seated. They're all mil- they're all milling about and talking while she sings, and then all of a sudden they get quiet as she hits her high notes because obviously she is really great. Yeah. And then we all see that she's got tears in her eyes, and they all clap, golf claps for her. So backstage, she's putting more makeup on. Dude, you just got off on stage. You can't tell me right. you didn't have a shit ton of makeup on. She's told that there's a gentleman here for her. And she's like, oh. And it's Annie. She's like, oh, yeah. damn it. And she's <laughs> like, so why are you here? Is there a ball you didn't want to go to or a family obligation you wanted to avoid? What is the vibe Count Bridgerton wishing to avoid tonight? He's like, I just wanted to see you. She's like, well, I don't sit and wait for you to visit. Sometimes I, like, go upstairs and stuff. <laughs> I don't hang out here the whole time. He's like, you had plans with the Duke if you're using him to make me jealous. And she's like, um, yeah, he's hot and wealthy and everything a woman in my position might want. But he hasn't called on me, which is so weird. <laughs> and she said, well, I'm not consorting with any of your friends. You are only here because you're jealous. He's like, I'm not jealous. I miss you. I can't even think of anything else. Come back to me. And starts kissing her, like assaulting, kissing her. And she just kind of shoved him away. And she's like, your position in life remains unchanged, as does mine. You are the Viscount. You will always be true to the title. Marry, sire and heir, and guard your family. And I will always be the woman you screwed in the dark, but never in the light of day. You've made promises before, but I cannot be your fool again. I was like, all right, girl. Good job. Mm -hmm. Good for you, honey. So we're at the Feather House now, and Penelope is again looking out the window waiting for the mail to arrive. And this time on the platter, there is a letter from Spain. And she grabs it, runs up to Marina's room. Marina rips open the letter to read it. But you can tell by her face that it's not good news. And Penelope's like, oh, my God, he's been hurt. He's dead. What is it, Marina? Tell me. Marina says, he is pretending like there's nothing between us. He doesn't want to have anything to do with me or my situation. And she starts crying so loud that her wails drift down to Mama Feather and that housekeeper lady down in her room. And they share a little knowing look and Mama Feather says, it would seem our efforts were not in vain. And I was like, knew it, knew mm-hmm. it, called it. We see a like darkened scene of these two ladies copying the handwriting from George's other letters that they have stolen from underneath her pillow. And they make this fake letter. Marina is still wailing, according to my captions. <laughs> and Mama Feather says, well, she was going to learn the truth about men one way or another. What we've done is right and best thing like, okay whatever you have to tell yourself i love that, that the housekeeper's like well what do we do if he comes home and she's like oh no he won't be coming to collect her there's no way <laughs> and then she asked the housekeeper to draw her eyebrows lower so she doesn't look look surprised all day long <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we are back at modice and daphne's being fed at the dress shop while the cow pies wait for their turn and Mama Kalpai says, it's a good thing Daphne is so taken with the dude because otherwise my daughter wouldn't have a chance with the prince. I was like, sweetheart, why do you say that shit out loud? You don't, you keep that shit to I yourself. Know. And like her I... daughter's right there. <laughs> She's like, we know how it is. My daughter has the fortune, but your Daphne has the face. Okay, can we just really quickly just stop and talk? Like, they're all pretty. Like, she's not, like, special pretty. Okay, I just had to say that. You know, she does nothing for me. I mean, I'm not. She's prettier than I am, but, like, I'm not going to look at her twice. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of pretty women on this show, and, like, she does nothing. She does nothing for me. They're all pretty. This Cressida with her weird hair does more for me than Daphne does, but anyways. She is very pretty. She has a very pretty face. Her hair is weird, yeah. Yeah. So, Daphne's standing there, and she, like, takes a deep breath, like, oh, Daphne's going to get shit done. 
So she runs home and she tells her maid, and her maid's carrying the big dress that she just tried on the thing. And she's like, I'm not wearing that dress. Put that away. We're not even screwing with that. She's like, I want to wear the white and silver. And I want my hair to have jewels and flowers put in it the way you do. And the maid's like, oh, you look perfect. And Daphne says, yeah, that's exactly what I want. So then we see Anthony is in his father's study and he's once again looking at his father's watch because we get it. You're being dutiful to your dad. We get it. Mm-hmm. When his mom comes in and she asks him if he's going to the ball and um, and he's like, yep, I RESVP'd. I'm going to be there. And she's like, good. Um, here's a list of 14 eligible girls that are going to be there that you need to look over because <laughs> we're going to get this shit rolling. And he's like, okay, I'll consider your suggestions. Is there anything else? And she's like, yeah. Um, what time do you have? And he's like, what? she says, well, you were checking your father's watch. It's a lovely heirloom. And he's like, well, it's whatever time. It's late. And she's like, it is quite late. Time is of the essence. Meaning, <laughs> get your shit in gear and marry somebody already. Yep. This is where Take we're at. Wife. Let's do this. Let's go. So we're at the ball. Another ball. So many balls. And the prince is dancing with Cressida. And the queen is looking bored as fuck. I love her. In come the feather ladies, and Marina is immediately greeted by one of the same men who danced with Daphne a- another ball a century ago, and he asked for a dance, and she has done a complete 180 now, because she's like, yes, I would be delighted. Now, of course, this is not some yucky old man's. It's like a young, This is the one that guy, bragged so. too much. This is the one that would bragged about everything. Yeah, the one talking about his assets. The Duke is there with Lady Danbury, and she noted that he has been rather reserved all evening, and he says he's decided to leave England earlier than expected. It's time for me to go. She says, you are foolish. Daphne and her mother walk in, and everyone stops what they're doing to look at her. Okay, and she is playing the part Mm -hmm. tonight. She has got the fan. She has got the hair, the very royal regal dress. If looks could kill, though, the one from Cressida would do her in for (laughs) sure. Because the prince sees her, and he is like, oof, his attention is immediately on Daphne. The prince leaves Cressida's side and goes to greet. Daphne asks her to dance. She says, it would be an honor, your highness. And she curtsies and she is laying it on so thick. Then she purposefully drops her fan so he can bend down and pick it up. And Simon is absolutely disgusted with this display. We hear Lady Whistledown's voice and she is very surprised at this behavior. The prince and Daphne walk to the dance floor and the queen is all smiles and Whistledown says the Duke of Hastings was left looking rather tongue-tied last night as Miss Bridgerton has seemingly grown tired of waiting for him to propose or maybe she just traded up. Simon walks away from Lady D and while he does so we hear Whistledown say why settle for a duke when one can have a prince and Simon gives Daphne one last look over his shoulder before he leaves and that's the end of episode three yes and I immediately started episode four because I was like okay I need the moment where he tells her that he actually does love her because that's my favorite shit ever all this other stuff I don't need it. All this build up. I love a declaration of love. That's what I like. I like what I like, Tiffany. I know. And your poor little black soul. I mean, if that's what gets you going, mm-hmm. I'm all for it. That's that's it. That's all I that's all I want in the world. Just tell me you love me. Just tell me you like me. <laughs> <laughs> I am not starved for attention at all. Anyway, I'm getting more interested. I am. This this finally did something. I was like, oh, okay, I'm mm-hmm. kind of invested in these people's lives. 
This is quite a few of them I don't give a shit about. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't care if we see Benedict and Eloise smoking ever again. I don't care. Colin, Colin who? I don't what care is... about Anthony and the and the singer. I don't care. No. No, nope. I don't nope. care. Nope. Just give me the Simon and Daphne show. And honestly, Daphne, I mean, she doesn't have to come. Right. I mean, just give me Simon <laughs> being brooding and yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Banging mm-hmm. every girl in town. I'm all, I'm here for that. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm here for it. Oh, he's so cute. Okay. Well... If you are here for Simon banging everyone in town and you want to <laughs> tell us about it, where could they do that, Tiffany? Well, you can probably tell us just about anywhere. You can shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. But the best way would be to go to Facebook or Instagram at That So Original Podcast and tell us all about what you love or hate about this show. <laughs> um, you could also go and send us an email at That So Original Podcast at gmail.com. Go to our website, that's originalpodcast.com. Why can I never remember how that one goes? Or go on Twitter. I don't get on Twitter very often, but go on Twitter at that so pod. I know Kelly's on there a lot more than I am. Check us out all these places. You can also like and review us on iTunes. You can, you know, send us a telegram, Morse code. I'm here for it. Send me a letter. I will put it on a platter and <gasps> serve it to Tiffany. And then I'll frame it. Like, and then I'll frame it because yes, I'd be so excited. Richardson style. <laughs> but anyway, so I've had some trouble telling you guys where uh, we're going to talk to you. So I'm just going to make it really scientific this week. So what's going to happen is like we are going to create sound waves. And those sound waves are going to travel down through your ear canal. And they're going to start making your eardrum do a little little dance, a little beat. And that eardrum is going to transfer that sound vibration through those little bones in your middle ear to your inner ear. And now that inner ear is going to get some of those vibrations, going to start these hair cells moving around. Okay, you got it? And then those hair cells are going to send a signal along your auditory nerve to your brain, and then you're going to hear us. And that is just about the most clinical way that I can say, we'll talk to you later. Bye! Bye! Ba-da-da-da. Okay, that was great. That was so fun. That was not in their genitals or their areolas, so yay! Are you going to keep going or am I going? What's yeah, going? sorry, I was taking a sip of coffee. <laughs> I was okay. like, there was a long, awkward pause and I wasn't sure if I was <laughs> jumping in. <laughs> I was like, wow, you're going to take the beginning and that's all you're going to do? Cool. <laughs> so. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh, in my notes, it's Panakapu. I don't know. That's her name, apparently. <laughs> There's a lot of A's and E's in there. Uh, and a K. It's a lot. Do you want to do Daphne? Sure. I don't oh, want to do Daphne no. at all, but, well, you know. Dude, I don't want to do Daphne, but Daphne does Daphne. Yeah, so just watch Daphne takes, <laughs> takes Daphne. Daphne.